Welcome to Ladies Roadmap to Living Ageless. I'm Joe Jamie Tyler. And I'm Lana Helda. We're bringing you a community of modern age women and experts to share their stories of wellness, lifestyle, and experience on how you too can live a healthier, more vibrant life. And we're not just all talk, Lana. No, Jamie, we are self-proclaimed, lifetime self-care, soul-seeking junkies, and we're demonstrating the power of reinvention as we take to the road in this fabulous tour bus, proving age is irrelevant. Hello, ladies, and welcome to Ladies Roadmap. Jamie, today we are going to focus on hormones. And, you know, I think this is a subject that every woman from probably the time of puberty has been feeling the effects of, whether it's, I don't know about you, but physical changes or ups and downs and emotions, but there are so many. There are. And, you know, I just don't think we can ever talk about it enough. And there's so much information out there right now. It's almost information overload. So we're going to get clear on this today. Yes. And our guest today, Dr. Anna Kabeca, she's not only an expert due to her OBGYN practice, but she has experienced menopause, an early onset menopause. Dr. Kabeca started getting menopause in her late 30s, and she's had some difficult situations to overcome. So we are very thrilled to have Dr. Kabeca with us. She's also the author of a new top-selling Amazon book, The Hormone Fix. Welcome. 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 Welcome, Dr. Kabeca. Thank you. Great to be here with you, ladies. Thanks for having me. Well, we're just really excited to have you here. And, and you know, you've also written multiple books. You have multiple products. And guys, she's also a podcaster. So, oh, and I didn't, I almost left out four children. So could you tell us when you sleep? <laughs> well, I... I don't sacrifice my sleep anymore, but as an OBGYN, I think I was just wired for a few hours of sleep. But yeah, yeah, I make a difference. Actually, now it's funny because my youngest, so I'll be 53 this year and my youngest just turned 11 this week. And that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother set of, oh um, yeah. Oh my gosh. And and so I typically read to her and, and then I'm asleep too. Oh, <laughs> remember those days. <laughs> yeah, nothing like nothing like snuggling in with your with your child, and the, and then you're trying to keep your eyes open with toothpicks, right? While you read those stories, gosh, that seems like forever ago. Well, there's so many topics to dive into today, and I thought maybe in an effort to kind of help our listeners understand how in depth you are and and how much knowledge you have about this, maybe you could take us back through sort of your experience and some of your personal struggles and victories because it seems like maybe if I if maybe I'm over speaking but maybe that's part of why you've made hormones your mission. Yeah, yeah, absolutely it is. My personal story and and my passion, right? I I believe that um you know, growing up my mom was ill with heart disease at a young age. So early on when I was 16, she was 52 and requiring heart bypass surgery. And I was, you know, a, a research, I already 
was into research at that time. And I recognized very quickly that all the research they were applying on my mom were, was done in men. And, and needless to say, mom suffered for another 15 years until she passed away prematurely at age 67, undergoing a second heart surgery. So I was, re- and I was an Emory resident at that time. And she had the best of the best doctors, you know, Pennsylvania, best doctors, and, and she, you know, and I was struggling because I was down here in Georgia and studying and consulting with the cardiologist here and everything else. And it was really, it was really traumatizing to me at that time to recognize at my, at the time of my mom's death, she was on 11 medications and not two of them were studied together to see if it was fine to take even two of the medications together, let alone 11 that really changed my perspective in looking, okay, what else can we do for this patient? And really what was the underlying reason for, you know, the illness to begin with? And so that took me on another trajectory. And I, and I studied certainly on board certified in gynecology and obstetrics. And I loved my training, Grady Hospital in Atlanta. I loved it. And, um, and then I went on to learn more, you know, regenerative medicine and anti-aging and integrative medicine and board certified in both of those specialties as well. But when I turned 38 and, uh, you know, as an OBGYN practicing here in Southeast Georgia, I, and I was diagnosed post-trauma with premature menopause, early, you know, premature ovarian failure and, and irreversible infertility. I was told I would never be able to have another child. That just devastated me. I looked at my doctor's bag, you know, and I and I looked, and I looked, and, and I looked, and there was nothing. There was nothing there to help me. And so that led me on a journey, honestly, around the world looking for answers. And so that's where I, I then went into more integrative medicine and functional medicine deeper at that point of my life and reversed menopause and and conceived and delivered a healthy baby at age 41. And I already told you she's 11 and and certainly um you know, a bright star in our family. And she knows it. (laughs) Right. They say the twos are terrible. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm interested in, um, when you did decide to start reach, uh, reaching out and looking into more of a natural, um, approach to all this, what was that like? What was that, what was that research like? And and where did you go first? Yeah. You know, at, at first it was, you know, I was given the diagnosis, like so many women, that, okay, this is your diagnosis, your early menopause. Well, we don't talk about reversing that. It's like people are given the diagnosis of diabetes or heart disease, and we're not talking about reversing it. Absolutely reversible. I mean, at a certain age at menopause, we're not. But these early early menopause, premature ovarian failure, especially post-trauma-induced, so if we look at the cause for it, that was kind of seeded in the back of my mind, like what's going on? And so part of my journey was, you know, exploring all avenues of medicine. So I'd been Western medicine trained, and I also had an osteopathic medicine background, learning about alignment and helping the body heal itself. So, and those two in and of itself weren't enough. And I went to an American shaman. I traveled to um, Peru and I studied with some Andean healers and from there to Brazil and to New Zealand and Australia and Europe and Israel. Yeah. And I, and I actually, you know, really God had a hand in my life in this case because it was serendipitous. The people I met that each had a piece of the puzzle for me. 
Wow. I wish I could have been in your back pocket. I would love to do all of those things. And it is amazing when you combine, you know, we, we've talked to a lot of different people and and we're homeopathic thinkers. And so we like having people like this on, our, on the show. And you do find that when you gather all those different, the culmination of all those different um, medicines, if you want to call them, you can come up with some pretty great, great remedies. And and I'd like to ask you on that note, when you were going through through your early menopause and you started reversing it, what was or was there one single thing that you saw the biggest difference or was did it take an army of, of different things to, to reverse it? Yeah, no, it was definitely an army of different things. So I recognized very quickly the effect that stress has on our body, post-traumatic stress. And so now I talk about post-traumatic growth. How do we turn that trauma into, you know, into an area that we can thrive in our life, that we've overcome, not just living with. And that makes a difference. And I think that's really empowering to those of us who have had adverse childhood experiences, trauma, early trauma, you know, anytime trauma that can really affect us. So, so there's, there were several pieces of the puzzle. It was interesting, like, for example, in Peru, Wherever I went, they said, well, if you're infertile, drink maca. If you're struggling with energy, drink maca. If you're, you know, if you're, then they would elbow my husband, you know, and it's the Peruvian Viagra. <laughs> you know, you want to get some maca. Okay. And, um, and they didn't say with a Southern accent. I will tell you <laughs> of course but they didn't. Was, no, but it was, it was interesting. So for me as a researcher, first of all, I was drinking the maca, no questions asked. Okay. That's a pretty good, you know, I was... Uh, repetitive um, recommendations. I'm like, okay, I'm willing to try it, but I couldn't stand the taste. So then of course I had to dig into the research. Is this worth me gulping this down? And, um, and it, it you know, Mark is in- interesting because it's adaptogenic. It's really supportive for the adrenals. Now I've never in my career, in my medicine, in my research years prior to that point had experience with maca or a lot of herbs because, you know, I was a practicing clinician. And, you know, you don't write those on a prescription pad, technically. Right. So, so it was my first experience. So maca is made up of a specific proteins called macaines, specific to the root of maca, and especially Peru, in Peru. And it is also rich in arginine, which improves blood nitric oxide, which improve, improves blood flow, which is how, you know, Viagra works. So... So that was interesting. That's like, okay, there's some traditional wisdom here, but then I combined it with other ingredients to help make it number one, tasty and even even more beneficial, detoxifying and alkalinizing and those good things. Which takes us to your mighty maca product, right? Yeah. So when I came back, you know, to my practice and I was pregnant and, you know, and I reckon, you know, I would been using these herbs in combination. I'm like, I got to get this for my patients. I got to get this for my family. And number one, I got to keep taking this. So, but as I mentioned, I couldn't stand the taste. So that was part of my other, other um, ingredients. And so that I started to use, I combined Mighty Maca has over 30 other superfoods in it, such as research proven ingredients like turmeric and quercetin and resveratrol and grapeseed extract and 
Una de Gata, which is cat's claw herb. And and so really potent ingredients in it just in combination. So sustainable doses. And it tastes really good because I had my daughters taste test it for the two to three years of my formulating it. (laughs) And then when you resource those products, do you go and make sure that all of these products come from organic properties or organic farms? So my my um, maca is from Peru, organic Peruvian maca, and many of the ingredients are organic. Not all of them are certified organic, but they're mm-hmm. all from very clean, natural sources. Good. And we test it on entrance into the manufacturing facility as well as final product for molds and funguses, for heavy metals, for pesticides and herbicides. Right. So we are really, really, I'm conscientious about it because I've had my daughters drinking it as well as my goddaughter since she was two years old. So, and I've seen really, really good results with it over the years. So it's a powder and you put it in water or how do you take it? Yep. So a scoop of, you know, a scoop, we also have individual packets now, but a scoop to two of Mighty Maca powder, mix it up with water and just drink it down, you know, good with four ounces of water and drink it down. So the benefits are that it, it again, supports the adrenal. It helps with your body detox, detoxification pathways, and it really is alkalinizing too. So it has that benefit just to nourish your body in a quick, like I would say the world's healing foods in one quick shot, which is yeah. nice. And to which, drink it as opposed to taking a pill, which I you know, really prefer that because we get another experience. Our body knows the difference. Yeah. Well, and there's, I like the way you say, you know, it, it takes more than hormones to fix a lot of the issues that women are experiencing. And I wondered if you could talk about some of the other issues that, that you hear about a lot from your patients and people that are using your products. Yeah, so it definitely does take more than hormones to fix our hormones. And that's something that I recognize because, you know, I was a hormone expert at that time and I, I couldn't fix my body. It took more. I had to get to the underlying root causes why my hormones were out of balance. So for me, it was post-traumatic stress and, you know, everyday stress on top of that, right? I mean, we're women, we wear many, many hats and we only have one head, right? Yes, we do. <laughs> and so often we don't take that. uh, And I certainly didn't stop to take that care of myself at that point in my life. So I recognize the importance of those aspects that holistically empower our body to heal itself because our body is amazing. We're continually repairing and restoring our body. We just have to give it time and opportunity to do so. So what is one of the top complaints or, you know, balancing hormones, I guess would be one. Let's just, let's just dive in there. Yeah. So hot flashes, number one, right? Women experience hot flashes and some, we, you know, we, I've had clients in my online communities that experience hot flashes for decades, right? And one of the reasons they do is because, you know, we think estrogen, but really it's insulin. Insulin resistance increases our experience and the length of our hot flashes. And I've had clients who went from experiencing even up to two to three hot flashes an hour to two to three a week very, very quickly. And and that's just life-changing. If you've ever experienced one, I know I I have. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're still talking about those. I mean, I, I think that, you know, Jamie, for example, and I have been doing a lot of natural 
remedies. However, then every now and then you'll get that odd, you know, we're kind of getting on the other side of it, but we'll get that odd hot flash and think, okay, what are we doing wrong? So the fact that you brought up the insulin, I want to go back to that because tell us what you're, you're telling women through your hormone fix book about how to avoid those spikes in insulin. What do we need to do or not do? Yeah. So one of the things that I recognize, I call it now the keto green way. So we have really, you know, again, women do keto different than men. That's okay. Wait, hold on. I I love it because keto is actually this new buzzword out there in the world. And I don't know if everybody really knows exactly what it is. So let's define keto for our listeners, please. Yeah. Those that might not know what that is. Yeah, absolutely. Keto is, it's thrown out there in so many different ways and it's being used in many different ways, but, but really classically keto getting into ketosis is getting into a fat burning state where we're really utilizing our own fat, not the fat we're consuming at, you know, from our food sources, but we're utilizing our own fat for fuel. And so typically we use either glucose for fuel or fat for fuel. And so in starvation mode, we're using fat for fuel and that gives us more energy. So glucose is to gasoline as, you know, ketones are to jet fuel. So that's the difference. And as we're aging, so many of us, you know, me, I went through menopause at 38, went through it again at 48. And so I had to really figure all of this out. And, um, and so with that, when we are starting to getting, get those declines of our neuroprotective hormones, progesterone and estrogen, right? As estrogen and progesterone, which protect our brain, naturally start to decline, we get this brain fog. We lose the memory. You know, we can't remember where we put our keys. We go into a room and we're like, ah, or we see a friend and we're like, man, what is your name? I know I grew up with you, but anyone experience that? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Well, interestingly, using we use glucose for fuel in the brain, but it's an estrogen-dependent process. Now, that was such a huge aha moment for me. No wonder so many women in their 40s, 50s are in you know, are, are experiencing that shift, that, you know, that decline of mental acuity. Well, when we switch to ketones, which is even a better fuel source for the brain, lo and behold, clarity, memories back, we're sharper, the fog is lifted. And certainly I'll use bioidentical progesterone here as well at night, also for that restorative sleep. But, you know, those ketones for fuel and cycling into it, right? Keeping that flexibility, keep exercising that fasting muscle and getting our body to burn ketones. I mean, it's a constant process. And so that so makes this is a, basically a special diet. And this is in your book. Is that correct? Yeah. The keto green, it, the key, I call it the keto green way because it's about 25% diet, 75% lifestyle because it's important the food we're eating, but also when we're eating it, right? So that intermittent fasting to create that insulin sensitivity. So that quickly wipes out the hot flashes. That's one thing that really makes a difference and it improves our cardiovascular health. It improves our, you know, helps with weight loss. Helps with those things. And what have you found with that intermittent fasting? Because I've read some, I've read in some places you need 12 to 14 hours and then other nutritionists I've talked to have said 10 hours is enough. What did you so, find? 
Yeah, and this is a great question because I look to the research to verify, you know, my experiences. Also, now I've run my program. I have magic menopause and breeze through menopause programs online. So a lot of women who have self, you know, self-guided themselves for the most part through these intermittent fasting cycles. So what I found personally and professionally with many women is that that you know, we need 13 to 15 hours between dinner and breakfast. And so like work up to get 15 hours between dinner and breakfast and dinner. And there's a few reasons here based on the science. And the, in the Journal of the American Medical Association, a scientific paper that was published a couple of years ago, looking at women with breast cancer, when they had over, you know, when they had at least 12.5 or 13 hours between dinner and breakfast, they had a significantly reduced recurrence and morbidity and mortality. So just that, just that. So that means we probably need to eat earlier. Let's just get it down to brass tacks for people. You need to have your dinner by what? Six o'clock. Yes, absolutely. Because the research also shows that if we eat after seven, the same meal that we eat at five compared to the meal we eat at seven, we're going to increase our insulin by 50 to 70% after 7 p.m. at 7 p.m. So that means storage, glucose, fat. (laughs) Yeah. We blew it last night. We ate too late. Darn it. (laughs) And on top of that, that means no snacking. Yeah. No, no, but yeah, I've been hearing more and more about uh, some of the tests that have come out about people who do snack before bedtime and the rate of cancer. It's a big deal. And it's so amazing to me that all of this information. It's so wonderful. I mean, look at us. We are doing a podcast with you who has so such a wealth of information and we're able to share this with women. I mean, it's so available now. And then you've done this fabulous hormone fix book. And, and tell us a little bit more about your, your online courses for women. Yeah. Well, I would tell you too, like my passion is, you know, why I do this. It's a labor of love. Number one is that if I know that if I had this information 25 years ago, my mom would have had a completely different life, right? Completely different life. And so many of my patients earlier in my practice, completely different life. I mean, as I learned bioidentical hormones, as I learned the nutritional and functional aspects that I teach in my book, I also went from doing two to three surgeries per week to two to three per year on patients because their bodies healed themselves and then I didn't need to operate. That's huge. And and so in my book, The Hormone Fix, I teach the, you know, a 10-day keto green detox diet as well as 21 days of menu plans because we want to get that down. But it's all about conceptualizing, okay, what does my plate need to look like versus what's the menu I have to follow? And I think that's really important. So I talk about the keto green plate or the keto green shake and just kind of get that concept in. We just need um, those aspects. So in my online programs, the I have Magic Menopause, which is a very interactive um, eight-week community that I go through with, you know, lesson plans and downloads and questionnaires. And it's really um, like my gold standard course, right? It's really a high-end course and it helps women discover with my coaching, you know, through this process of of becoming um, keto green or keto alkaline and figuring out what works for them and what doesn't. And then my 10-day breeze through menopause, we'll give you a link because we can, uh, you know, your listeners, if they want to, they can go through 10 days breeze through menopause masterclass, no charge. 
And there's a menu plus five to 10 minute videos each day that are just like, okay, this is the pearl of the day, just bite size enough, information enough. And what we found in doing um, surveys before, we do a questionnaire before and after, a hormone toxicity questionnaire because you know we love quizzes and I love to look at data. So... <laughs> So women had ni- overall 97% of women improved in 10 days with over a 55% reduction in symptom scores in just 10 days without any medication, without any personal interaction from me. So it's, you know, it is in the individuals and I, I believe in the empowerment of us and we've given our power away as women for far too long. And I see this trend with you guys, with what you're doing and, and just leading the way to say, let's talk about this. Let's be authentic. Let's be real. Let's stop, you know, the fake smile or presentation. Let's, let's get real about this. And that's what, you know, I hope to do with my book and my programs. Well, I think it's great because you're going to have questions. I mean, when you go to do something new like this, a, a plan or change your life, we talk a lot to Jamie and I talk a lot about habits and changing habits and how you have to change your habits to create, to create, I mean, you have to fix things and give things up to make that positive change in your life. But having someone like yourself to then ask those hard questions of is great. And I love what you said about changing your habits, because like I would say that if you're doing, like if you're frustrated, you're having issues with willpower, you're find yourself in the same rut day over after day, you've got to change your morning. You've got to change the first three things you do when you wake up each morning. And just by changing that, you're resetting, you know, you're heading down a better, healthier path, as long as those were three healthy choices in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you feel better about those choices. I wanted to ask you another thing, because I know a lot of women would be interested in this. And and we've had guests on our show um, talking about the issue of women's sexual libido after a certain age. And you have something called women's sexual CPR. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes. Yeah. This is definitely a course that I wish I had had in um, my marriage. And it is, it is, you know, sexual CPR, the, I have a free webinar called, you know, help doctor, my sex drive has no pulse. And so from being a gynecologist and working with patients and and then specializing in sexual health, one of the things that I recognized over and over again, patients would tell me, you know, um, I, you know, I never want to initiate sex, but I'm okay once we get started. So, you know, the old Masters Johnson sexual response curve that we were told is, you know, women and men, very similar, blah, 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 is completely wrong. It is not correct in women. And um, we have a secondary response. So once we get started, the oxytocin starts flowing. And then, you know, our, you know, our oxytocin, okay, we're interested, I'm into it, right? And so just recognize that we have a secondary response to um, sex, sexual interest is normal for us. It's the key is to be receptive at that point. And so in sexual CPR, I talk about, you know, number one, like setting your mood and sec- setting your intentions for having sex because that is so important in relationships and intimacy and health, right? Oxytocin, the natural anti-aging drug. But also, you know, understanding our, our body, the physical changes that occur and what we can do about them each step of the way. It's probably, you know, I'm going to be redoing it as a, a newer program updated this year that's been um, around and it's always a five-star program since 2011. But um, yeah, I'm just excited. I, I love this program. It really, patients have told me that it has... Um, 
change change their lives, improve their relationships. And and I'm just thankful for that. Yeah. Well, I think any kind of education that we can do to help improve these kind of things. And it sounds like you've got a, a proven program. And I say, let's all go for it. You know, yeah. keep growing and keep learning. That's what we're all about here. I Yeah. I also, though, I'm not quite ready to to stop with the questions. I wanted to ask you about uh, your Julva cream because I wanted you to tell us, you know, the difference between the your your cream that cream versus say a prescription that we'd get maybe at from our doctor. Um, there's the the Estrace cream, for example, and I know a lot of people use that. What's the difference in this versus maybe Estrace? Yeah, that's great. And um, I I created Jolva because number one, there wasn't a topical over-the-counter cream for women that we could go to. That wasn't, you know, that also that wasn't clean, all natural ingredients, paraben-free, you know, chemical-free, really, really critical because our vulva and our vaginal area is very vascular. As we get older, those hormonal declines, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone changes the the you know, our, our normal vaginal secretion. So the mucous membranes, it, we lose muscle. We know that we lose muscle, you know, under our arms, right? Well, we're losing it in our pelvic floor and it's more important down there because of continence issues, of sexual health and pleasure. And, and so many women, again, as I talk to them and I listen to them in my practice, would say, you know, Dr. Anna, you know, I, I just power through it. I'm there. I know my husband, you know, it, it, it pleases him, but, you know, I'm struggling or I have discharge afterwards, odor, you know, urinary tract infection, whatever it may be. And, and I tell them, if you have pain every time, every time you do something, why would you want to do it? Right? Exactly. Yeah. And estrogen works on the mucosal layer. Estrogen by prescription is the only way we can get vaginal estrogen. And it works on the mucosal layer. So that helps with moisture, but testosterone and DHEA and androgens, the research shows vaginally and certainly in my clinical experience that it improves the muscle layers, right? And that makes sense because, you know, the collagen, the connective tissue, the muscle. So what happens is we regain that elasticity, really anti-aging to the vaginal area. So I wanted to come up with something topical, number one, because I, 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 don't like inserting anything that I don't have to, doesn't bring me pleasure into my vagina, number one. Right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, um, and also, you know, discharge and secretions afterwards, right? So many um, creams and gels and suppositories can cause that. I also want it to be accessible to every woman um, who is interested in taking care of their body, right? And so I create, it took me three years to formulate it, but I um, looked at the research and also worked with many of my clients and I used plant stem cells from the Alpine Rose, which ladies, this is um, a rose that blossoms in the Swiss Alps amongst the harsh conditions. And to me, that just, you know, is the definition of women, right? (laughs) We will blossom and come up looking like a rose in the harshest situations. And that makes a difference. And so so the plant stem cells from the Alpine Rose have been known for improving resilience and anti-aging, antiviral effects, just really great, great product. And I combined it with DHEA, which is um, naturally secreted in our bodies from our ovaries when we're ovulating, from our adrenals as well. You know, that our adrenals give us the majority of our DHEA after menopause. And it has been shown to improve vaginal health, you know, and uh, certainly pleasure and um, orgasm and 
has been very, very safe. And so topically applied, and I recommend women to use it because as an anti-aging cosmetic cream for the vulva, to use it from the clitoris to the anus, we've got to protect that delicate tissue. And also in combination, do pelvic floor exercises at least three to five times a week. So we're concentrating on strengthening the pelvic floor so we can keep building healthy muscles and keep the tissue healthy. So that decreases you know, the issues that we experience as we're getting older naturally. The accidental loss of urine when we're exercising, jumping on a trampoline, or laughing and coughing and sneezing. That's life limiting, right? That limits our quality of life. And then also just for sexual pleasure to enjoy that aspect. You know, there's 9,000 nerve endings in our clitoris. We want to keep that healthy. That's stimulating to the entire nervous system. Now, are you selling that in stores anywhere or is that strictly on online? It's on Amazon right now as well. Yep. So at dranna.com and then on Amazon. That's really good good information. Well, you know, the one one thing when I was listening to you do a couple of your your podcasts, which I do love to listen to, um, you. you were talking about um, with another doctor about the biomarkers that we all need to look for and how we go in every year and we get, I believe you it's the CMP test. Is that am I saying that right? Well, the, um, the, the right. blood test. Mm-hmm. Is that what you call it, the CMP? Yep, that's a, just a chemistry panel. That's typically what everyone gets every year. And and I like the way you all discussed that that by the time something shows up in that test and looks like it's a red flag, it's probably already a pretty big issue. So I have a question for you that I wanted to dig a little bit into, and that is, what can we do along the way to be sure that we don't get to those red flags? I mean, is yeah. there any, are there any other tests that we should do? Is there any other, or we, should we just be listening to how our body feels? What should we look for? Well, always trust our intuition. And that's like that whole, like in my book too, The Hormone Fix, I talk about, you know, listen, you know, what's working for you versus what's working against you. So very simply and inexpensively, just checking your urine pH and ketones. Like we want to get keto green. We got to make sure we're actually getting, you know, an alkaline urinary pH because there's many benefits associated with that and getting into ketosis, at least periodically. And that's important to continuously check. And it costs pennies a day and gives us so much information that helps us discover what's working for us and what's not. But there are four key markers that I tell patients, you really need to know, like you know the number on your scale, that tell us, are we, you know, are we moving in the right direction or wrong direction? Because you don't want to come to a physician and, you know, and and then I, I check your blood work and I check these markers because you're having these 10 symptoms. And all of a sudden I see that one of these markers is extremely high. We want to look at the trend over time. Now, that is something we don't need our doctors to do. We can do that individually, each of ourselves right now. You know, And there's labs we can order ourselves. I give some resources in my book. But one in particular that we, you know, that's also a, a test that we'll get from our, our physician's office, but that's the hemoglobin A1C. And we want to know that number because every point above 5.3, which is still well in the optimal range, increases our risk of Alzheimer's and dementia. So we can be up to 6.0 and 6.0 is considered pre-diabetes, Right. But when we're in that 5.6, 5.7, I was there at one point. I have diabetes flagged on both sides of my family, diabetes, heart disease, obesity, all of those things. And so 
you know, every point above 5.3 increases our risk of dementia. Now, you know, now my hemoglobin A1C is 4.8. So I completely reverse that and help so many women do the same thing. So we want to look at that test and watch the trend. Is it going up or are we empowering it to get really optimal levels? You know, five, 4.8 to 5.1, 5.2 are really in a good range. Now, um, the second test is the HS, highly sensitive, or cardio C-reactive protein, which is an inflammatory marker. It's different than the CRP, C-reactive protein. It's a highly sensitive C-reactive protein. So we're looking at the early stages of inflammation, especially around our cardiac vessels. And that tells, I had one patient come in. It just breaks my heart to think about her. Early on in my years of practice, when I started doing some of this functional testing, and her level was 100. She'd been to four other doctors before she came to me. Now, we want it at one or below one. And, wow. and I took that test. She'd been to four other internal medicine. I'm a gynecologist, right? And so, so um, I sent her to hematology and she had metastatic cancer. So we're, so many years, 10 years, we had a window to intervene. 10 years, you know, I mean, at least to see what was happening. If we were watching, and if I take the responsibility for my own health, I'm going to watch it myself. I do these tests for myself yeah. as well. And the other, the third one I'll mention is, D, is um, vitamin D25 hydroxy. So many women, you know, have been diagnosed with breast cancer. And I've seen women come to me after diagnosis for integrative interventions, and I'll, I'll ask them, you know, I'll look at their labs, no vitamin D levels. I check their vitamin D. I remember one client, it was 11. It was 11. And I was just, you know, we know that if your vitamin D level, the lower your vitamin D level, the higher risk of failure with chemotherapy, the higher risk of recurrence. And, and this is someone who was diagnosed and was never checked. And it's, we need to know our vitamin D level. Again, like we know the weight on our scale. So optimizing our vitamin D, I typically say 50 to 80. If I've had a client with breast cancer, I want it closer to 80. My darker skin patients, I want it closer to 80. And, and you know, from nature as much as possible, because we get more than vitamin D from the sun, but then when we supplement, supplement with a D3K2 combination. Now, is this information in your book? It is all in my book. It is all in my book. Well, and let me just go back real quick for anyone who's thinking, oh, I really want to get these tests. Isn't this a test that you can go to a naturopath? Like if it, I know my naturopath has a phlebotomist that, or is that what you call the people that take your blood? Phlebotomist, uh-huh. Phlebotomist yeah. um, that will take my blood right there and will look at those tests. And now hearing this from you again, it makes me want to stay up on that and have my appointments like three times a year with them. Because if you can know that much about what's going on and and hit this stuff head on before it's a problem, this is what you want to do. You don't want to go to your doctor after you're already sick. No. No. So good no. information. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with us. This is, ladies, please share this show with everybody you know, all the ladies, because these are important tests to have. This is important information to understand and be talking about. Well, and there's so much more. I mean, if you just go to Dr. Kabeka's website, if you go to watch her YouTubes, whatever, you will learn a, so much. You'll get so much information. And she's offering this all up to people free. And then if you want to dive deeper, get her book, highly recommend it, and go and, and take some of her online courses. And we will have um, her 
her website, drkabeca.com, and in our show notes too, if you need to get the correct spelling and all of that. So um, thank you so much, Dr. Kabeca. Uh, we so appreciate all these tips and what you do and just yeah. keep going. <laughs> keep on. Yeah, we're we're going to be following you and watching you and uh, we'll, we'll pay attention to where you are. She's Dr. Quebec is traveling around the country right now speaking and we hope to come and see her live and in person. And thank you for everything you're doing to help so many women. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. This episode is brought to you by the Ladies Roadmap Journal. Is your life on autopilot? To Jamie, I think to have excitement in life, you have to stay curious and keep chasing your dreams. Exactly, Lana. And that's why this self-care life planning journal, it's, it's unlike any journal you've ever used before. It's so easy and it's a way to get clarity on your thoughts and intentions. Think of it as a way to jumpstart your day or you may want to wind down your day by getting those thoughts rolling around on paper and out of your head. My favorite part is getting clear on the one thing that I want to accomplish today. And I love focusing on my gratitude for the day. That's the feedback we've been getting from the ladies that have been using the journal. They've been sharing on how the journal is affecting their lives in such a positive way. Well, we created this journal because like you, all we want to do is live a fulfilled life and stay ageless in mind and spirit. Watch your life unfold as you align and direct your intentions. To get started today, purchase your life planning journal at ladiesroadmap.com. If you want to stay up to date with our five-star podcast, be sure to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You'll never miss an episode and you'll see our latest tried and true lifestyle products. You can sign up at ladiesroadmap.com. And ladies, if you like our show, please take a minute to subscribe and rate our podcast because it's super important so that other women can easily find the show. You can do it on iTunes or to make it even easier, we've put a link in the show notes on our website.